This is the Bill Cartwright Show with Steve Cohen. Our special guest today is Ken Ramirez. Ken, awesome. Awesome to be on the show. Billy, really great to see you today. Thanks for having me. I think it's been um, almost a year. I think I saw you last year at the WCC just before they closed everything down in Las Vegas. So it's, it's great to see you again, and hopefully things are great. Yeah, things are, things are definitely progressing. Now, what I want to start with today is that um, it's always interesting that we really know people, but we don't really know their background and where they come from. Uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, uh, growing up in L.A. and talk about your mom and dad? I sure will. Yeah, gladly. So um, I grew up in a small town uh, in East L.A. called Pico Rivera. Uh, largely Hispanic, um, very, you know, middle class, lower middle class. Um, it, it, it was uh, a great upbringing, I should say. You know, my, my parents, my dad, he uh, was an electrician, mom, stay-at-home mom. I was one of six in the family, so my mom, you know, she had a full-time job, obviously, uh, keeping track of my three brothers and my two sisters. Um, but, you know, I in the in the chaotic world of the family I'd escaped to sports and escaped to the local gym and played basketball probably every day um, got to know a lot of great people from the neighborhood a lot of people who I still call friends um, so you know basketball and athletics and, and sports throughout the years um, just continue to provide me with opportunities uh, I went to St. Paul High School which was predominantly a football school back in my day yeah. Um, I didn't play football. I played basketball and baseball and uh, held at basketball. I think I was okay at baseball, too, but I, I loved just the sport of basketball. So um, I went to St. Paul. After St. Paul, um, I had a couple opportunities to, to go to college and on a smaller scale. Um, didn't really like the, the, the schools that, that were recruiting me at the time, so I decided to go to junior college for a couple of years. Um, went to Mount San Antonio Junior College uh, down in Walnut here in Southern California. Great guy, Coach Gene Victor. Um, he had a lot of players who came through his organization uh, that ended up at UNLV. Uh, kind of attracted me towards that. I talked to Tark a couple times. Um, so we had great teams there, um, great teammates, and ha had a fantastic time. And then, you know, Coach Bravelli tapped me on the shoulder, asked me if I wanted to come visit USF. And it, it basically boiled down to, to USF and joining a former teammate of mine over at TCU. And, you know, I wanted to stay on the West Coast. I wanted to be out here um, in California, and I decided to, to jump in to, to USF and had a great time there. So, um, you know, college was a great experience. It's um, I was the only person in my family, uh, am the only person in my family through my brothers and sisters to go to college, graduate in, from college. So, um, it, again, it's afforded me a lot of a lot of great opportunities. You talk about some influencers who guys who taught you when you were younger and then now when you went to USF, uh, what was your first impressions of, of going to school there uh, as a student and as an athlete? Yeah, so so growing up, it was, you, you know, coaches were really my influencers. And um, I can remember certain baseball coaches that I, I, I reached out to for advice on certain decisions, even as much as potentially transferring high schools because I wanted to go to a better athletic program that supported basketball and baseball versus the football program that I was at. Um, so, you know, I've had coaches who were mostly influencers, again, 
Coach Gene Victor at Mount San Antonio College was one of my biggest uh, influencers. Um, he had a lot of a lot of great sayings um, that I probably can't repeat here, but um, he kicked me out of basketball practice the first day that I was there. And I think he was just trying to send me a message as far as, you know, you're, you're not as big as you think you are. So, uh, but he taught me, you know, afterwards it was what happens on the court stays on the court. What happens afterwards, this is business over here. This is, you know, regular life on the other side uh, and really taught me some, some good lessons. Uh, and then I, as I transitioned over to, to, to USF, uh, first impression was um, not as big of a college as I, you know, thought the college experience would be. As we know, it's a small campus. Uh, I did, you know, get an opportunity to go visit some larger campuses. But um, the intimate feel was, again, something that, that was really attractive. Um, even the old gym, um, the one that you played in, you know, it, it was attractive to me and just the intimacy. Um, so I, I love the uh, the attention to detail. I love the intimacy of the college, the whole feel of the city. I mean, San Francisco as a whole. Um, not a lot of people got out of Pico Rivera to go somewhere else to college or big cities. And, you know, I still have a lot of friends who are still in Pico Rivera. And that's, that's great. Um, but my eyes were wide open. And the city was something that I hadn't been experienced that I hadn't experienced before. Um, and I, I, you know, had, had a fantastic time there in, in San Francisco and at college at the University of San Francisco as a whole. You know, I had some great teammates at USF that I still talk to. Uh, who were you close with? Uh, so tell me some of the teammates you were close with. So um, well, my roommate, Bill Carr, he, uh, he was my roommate there at uh, Golden Gate Hall there on campus. And uh, Billy is still, uh, is now the coach of Santa Clara Women's Program. So Billy and I um, talk every now and then. Um, Anthony Mann, who was a left-handed uh, shooting guard forward who didn't uh, meet a shot he didn't love. Um, I talked to him quite, quite uh, frequently. He's in the consumer goods business. Um, it, Rodney Tension, who has bounced around in some of the coaching circles, uh, stay in touch with, with them. But, um, you know, those were some of my closest friends on the team. Um, you know, other people we will, will touch base periodically, but, you know, between Anthony and, and, and Billy, those were the closest on the team. You know, I, we had, like our, obviously our biggest rival at school was Santa Clara. Can you tell me about some of the special games you participated in at school? Yeah, so one that comes to, directly to mind, unfortunately, we are on the, on the losing end. It was the first year of the program and our program coming back. Um, as you know, I was involved in the program when they came back from the, the suspension. And uh, we played Cal uh, in the preseason that first year. Um, you know, we are an okay team. Um, not great. It was first year back and, and Bravelli was putting together for what he thought was, you know, a, a great team with Mark McCatherine was on our squad, you know, McDonald's All-American. We had, as I said, Anthony Mann, uh, Peter, who was our center. Um, and we went in over to Cal. They had, you know, Kevin Johnson, Chang, and a couple other, you know, really strong players. Chris Washington was on that squad. Um, and we, uh, we got down to the final play, close to the final play of the game. And unfortunately, uh, this I committed a foul on, on one of their players. They they uh, made the free throw, got the follow-up bucket, and we ended up losing by one point. So, uh, unfortunately, that was one of the most memorable experiences 
negative, but you know what? To, to put up a fight against a team like Cal that year uh, was certainly something special. Um, it showed our grit. Uh, again, we, we weren't very good that first year. I think we were like 7 and 21, um, but we rebounded and we came back the second year and we were 16 and 12, almost made um, the, the NIT tournament, which uh, we just missed out, but you know, for the first couple of years of a program, I think we we, we held our own. So your senior year, you're you're leaving school. Um, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking, uh, what I got to go find a job? And what am I going to do? And uh, so, what's what's your focus? Yeah. So, you know, leaving school definitely out of that comfort zone of uh, of having your community around you, thinking about what I was going to do. Um, and actually I got married at an early age. I got married at one more year of school um, to finish off my degree. And I got married in that fifth year. So, I mean, Billy, you know, there was, the pressure was on, I had to provide. So <laughs> the luxury of, of doing anything else, but um, you know, I, I was fortunate uh, over the course of a couple summers, uh, Coach Prevelli had put me in touch with somebody at Coca-Cola, and I worked there during the summers um, in the offseason. And when I got out of school, I went back to Coca-Cola, and there was an opportunity to, to jump in with them at entry-level position with the company. Um, you know, it, it's what I knew. It's what was basically available. Uh, so I jumped in. I, I still remember, and I think I have some old checks around here lying around that I was making $6 an hour. And um, I started off at the bottom and it was a, a fantastic opportunity with a big company. And, um, you know, I was there for 27 years um, in my first career. So that was a, a fantastic opportunity. Hey, talk about uh, some of the skills as an athlete and, and working with a team that helped you um, when you were working for Coke. Yeah, I, and I think it's been one of those things that I've oftentimes, as I move through positions at Coca-Cola, ultimately to become um, president of the Southern California region, uh, it, I always talked about the, the culture and about you know the, how, what we accomplish as a team. Um, I always had the mindset that anybody can come into my office anytime and talk about anything, um, and that's what really built this trust amongst me and my, my teammates, my employees, built a powerful culture um, and a winning culture, quite frankly. Uh, we held each other accountable, much like we do on the basketball court. Um, everybody had a job and everybody, if they do their job, then uh, we would be successful. But uh, culture was always very important to me. Effort was always important to me. We could teach people to do certain things, but they needed to have that passion and that, that burning desire to want to be successful. And that's, you know, the same thing on a basketball court, same thing on a, on a baseball field. It was, you got to have that desire first in order to want to be, to be the top and, and take on the competition. And that was always the thing for me as I worked my way through the ranks at Coca-Cola was um, competing every day. Um, whether, you know, we're obviously competing against Pepsi and other beverage brands um, and then making sure that the team is taken care of and feel, feel empowered to do their job and, you know, hold them accountable at the same time. If people weren't doing their job, then we, we had to address that and they knew where they stood. But I, I think everybody appreciated that. So talk about as you leave Coke, you go to Bacardi. So tell me some of the differences there. Yeah, I think I had a, a I don't want to say a midlife crisis, but you know, <laughs> talk about um, you know, I heard a story once about lobsters how they how they outgrow their shell and they need to get out and go find another shell that might be a little bit bigger. So 
I, I think I just outgrew my shell and I needed to see what I was capable of doing outside of, quite frankly, the comforts of Coca-Cola. I had been there my whole career. Um, I had some opportunities to go to other CPG companies and Bacardi was intriguing. It was a, a big role, a national role, leading the national account team for North America. And I, I wanted to see what I was capable of doing. And um, it was a great experience. It taught me a whole new sector of the business, um, being in the spirits world and understanding different relationships and how much we had to rely on other people in order for our success and get results through those other people. Um, something I didn't have to do before because Coca-Cola, everything was in-house. So uh, it was a great experience. I learned a ton um, during that time at Bacardi for, for the few years that I was there um, and, and certainly wouldn't trade it for anything. So you spent time at Bacardi, but then after that, uh... Then you switched over again. And, and, I did. Uh, I did. Yeah. I, had, I had an opportunity to join a, a, another non-alcoholic CPG company called Body Armor. Um, and Body Armor, it's funny because not a lot of people, even to this day, you say Body Armor and they think Under Armor, they think, you know, some other type of product. But Body Armor, uh, we are a sports drink company, a sports nutrition company. Um, that is taking on Gatorade in that space. And you can imagine, again, going back to that culture, that competitive nature, taking on Gatorade, that would be like, you know, us, the first year at USF, taking on North Carolina. I mean, they were the, the Gatorade is, is the market share leader. Um, but this company um, had an all-star leadership team, um, visionary founder, a uh, great product um, and certainly a lot of potential. So uh, I had to, I was lucky enough to be able to get in with them um, a few years ago, join the company, um, and it's just continues to go gangbusters. Body Armor is the fastest growing sports drink out there. We are taking on Gatorade. We have visions of becoming the number one sports drink uh, by 2025, and you know uh, we're all working hard to get there. But it's it's been a fantastic experience. Um, love the company. And again, you know, that's one of those things just like I, I you know, told a story about baseball and basketball. I, I was probably better at baseball and I had a lot more opportunity at baseball. Um, but I love basketball. I just love the sport. I love the, the pace. Um, I didn't want to sit around, you know, inning after inning with baseball. I just wanted the fast pace of basketball. And that's the same thing with this company. I love this company. I love I love what I'm doing. I love the culture of the company and, and that's really what's what's kept me engaged uh, here with this latest career move. Steve? I have a bunch of different questions. Uh, first of all, could you tell us the formula for Coke? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I would have to uh, kill you if I told you the formula. I'm not one of the five people who know. <laughs> if you killed Bill, it'd be a risk worth taking. <laughs> but um, I'm curious though, you know, you talked about how your athletic career helps your competitiveness dealing with Coke versus Pepsi. And I'm just talking about competition is competition. And I think we probably look at things and see them as static, right? Like Coca-Cola is always going to be number one and Pepsi or Hertz and Avis or this competition or body armor versus Gatorade. And maybe you could talk about what do people need to do to become number one? Like what does body armor need to do to overtake Gatorade in 2025? Yeah, it's, you know, that that relentless pursuit of um, success. It is never feeling comfortable. Uh, I think our, our boss calls it happy but not content. 
um, making sure that we are, you know, always driven. I have a new saying for this year as I deal with certain distributors. Um, it's about progress, not perfection right now, and making sure that we're continuing to build. And, um, you know, it's every day. I mean, you're right. When we were Coke, we were battling every day at Pepsi in store um, for that display space, for, you know, ad space, for other things. So uh, even though it's, you know, big companies, there's constantly that battle. And, and really, when I was at Coke to stay on top, uh, for us right now, it's that battle to get on top um, and overtake Gatorade. So, um, and that goes back to that competitive fire that burns inside. It goes back to not, uh, you know, the, the fear of losing more than the, the feeling of winning uh, that, that tends to drive me. So uh, I hope that reflects on my team as well. Uh, but it's just, you know, it's loving that the day-to-day -day battles out there in the marketplace and, and knowing that that will result uh, in us taking over Gatorade at some point. I don't, I don't think people realize how many different aspects go into it, right? It's kind of like success doesn't happen in a day, but happens daily, right? It's just what you're saying, right? It's, it's, it's having market space, maybe advertising, but, but like, for example, this sounds like a dumb question, but why do companies like McDonald's and Coca-Cola, why do they spend so much on advertising? It, it, you know, it, it, it's, to stay, it's to stay relevant. We always used to talk about the advertising campaigns at Coca-Cola and how that relates to what we have in the marketplace. Um, I think our CEO at the time uh, called it within arm's reach of desire. So making sure that everything translates back into that consumer and how they how they behave in the marketplace. Um, you know, one of the things that we're very aggressive with at Body Armor is our social media um, footprint, as well as tying into, you know, the influencers, the athletes, um, all of those different pieces that are so popular right now with, with you know, our community, quite frankly. Um, we have great athletes on our roster, Naomi Osaka, Dustin Johnson, James Harden, Mike Trout, Mookie Betts. I mean, those are just to name a few. We have a whole stable of athletes. Uh, we just brought aboard uh, Carrie Underwood as um, our lead for our body armor, sport water, and our light portfolio. So getting out of us, again, being more than a sports drink and transferring over into that pop culture with some of the Carrie Underwood stuff. So um, it's a challenge right now. I think it's a challenge in the CPG world to stay um, ahead of the trends because they're changing so quickly um, right now. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's, there's, there's smarter people than I am that, who handle all of that. And I'm responsible for making sure that, that we sell as much as we can at the front lines. And let me ask you, if, if I'm a USF student, give me some advice and thoughts about, as I'm leaving school, what should I be thinking about for my first job? Because frankly, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I, I knew, but I didn't really know what I should be focusing on. So give me some advice for our young students. You know, there's a couple of things that I, I tell and I've told people, my, my own, you know, my own sons throughout, throughout the years. Um, number one, find something that you, that you love doing, that you want to do. Um, and I know that's that old cliche um, as far as being happy at work and loving, you know, if you love what you do, it's not work, but it's work at the end of the day. It should be work. Things should be hard. Um, and, but, but find something where you want to be successful and you can see a runway for yourselves and, and some potential. Um, but, but make sure that you're at least enjoying it more than you're, than you're not enjoying it. Um, the second thing, and I've told my employees this, I've again, told, told friends and anybody who might seek 
seek help is, you know, you create your own environment. Don't rely on everybody else to do things for you. Don't rely on anybody else to do things for you, quite frankly. You need to go out there, make sure that you have a great environment, a great support system, um, not the uh, woe is me, but hey, how can I work myself individually to, to succeed? Um, so uh, again, we should have people who support us, but, but uh, we should also be the ones who are creating that, potent, that, that culture and that winning environment around us. The last thing I'm gonna ask you, tell me about your boys. So uh, two boys, uh, Ben is 29 and Jake is 25. They're, thankfully, they're both here in San Diego where I live um, and doing well. Uh, Jake, uh, the youngest, is working at Home Depot and has moved up the ranks uh, with Home Depot, so another big company. And my other son has done the same with Best Buy. So uh, I don't want to say they're chips off the old block because they're very different, um, but they are doing fantastic. I'm fortunate again to, to have them local so I can see them on a regular basis. Um, and certainly, you know, been blessed to, to, to have them here in San Diego. Awesome. Well, Ken, I'm, I'm so very happy to have you on the show. You were awesome. I'm looking forward to spending some time with you. As you know, uh, we're overdue to, uh, to hit some golf balls. So I'm really looking forward to spending some time with you. And uh, who knows, maybe a USF game. Yeah, I hope to see you soon, Billy. Um, certainly get out on the golf course and frustrate ourselves a little bit more. Uh, maybe <laughs> enjoy an adult, an adult beverage afterwards. Uh, but a basketball game, that's safe for us at this age. So we'd love to sit in the stands and, uh, and watch a game as well. Uh, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much. Great right, job. Billy. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much.